Content warning. This episode contains mentions of blood, dismemberment, alcohol and drug use, religious imagery, and crucifixion. Welcome to Table It, a micro-RPG podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm one of the hosts and the editor of this production. Table It is an excuse to get my friends Max, Matt, and Manny to play micro-RPGs with me. We are all interested in game design as well as actual play, so each game will get a review at the end. Stick around and hear our opinions, as well as if we put the game back on the shelf, or if we would table it and play it again later. Uh, this week, we are playing uh, Hexing Tide by Will Phillips. All of the eyes hovering and floating around him. Turn and look at you. I, I'm looking at them. <laughs> Gabex. How many millennia? You shouldn't have come back. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Do I recognize this fella? <laughs> it depends on how good your knowledge of your cousins are. <laughs> That's a very good question. Is there a way I could potentially uh, determine that? I would ask you to make an isolation roll. I can do that. Which is a die roll of 12. Uh, Yes, you recognize it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The scene is still ongoing. Yeah, you're still in it. With your your obsession. I mean, that that obsession totally fits this, like, angelic, demonic mission thing. That is so cool. This is... This is one of your one of your cousins who embraced the fall. They didn't fall so much as jump. Ah, yeah. Um, they went for it and they took they took everything to heart. They embraced the title of demon over over fallen angel. Mm. Um, this is also one that consistently said humanity had it wrong. Mm. All it takes is all it takes is a few words and we can change everything. We can fix it. Just just give me a few words. And one particular moron found those words. I was trying to give myself enough time to come up with a name, and I was, it's, good, it's gone. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, like earlier, I pulled up a list of angel names. You want me? Yes, to please do. Send you that list. May I humbly suggest perhaps this entity forgot its name? Ooh. I like that one. Or cast off its name. That's cool. Do, do we have like, like potentially it could be like, I think Abaddon's the name of a demon. That sounds vaguely up our alley. Isn't Abaddon like big, big, big bad demon? Yeah, Abaddon's a whole other level. Yeah. Um, this is, I like the idea that Max brought up. Yeah, th- this is. A- this one's name ha- was yeah. stricken from, from memory. Oh, in that case, uh, I think my character. I think he says it, and it comes out as static. It comes yep. out as like redacted, mm. un- understandable oh. noise. Yep. Yeah, that is so. That's cool. really cool. That's like. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> can we hear what's happening? Yes. Okay. So this all of the all of the words are echoing around you like loudspeakers. Oh my god. Uh, can okay so with the when these entities talk continents collapse wow <laughs> poetry um so 
Can we assume then that the book is the words that change? Okay. Okay. Can I... I want to do some fuckery. (laughs) (laughs) I am learning to hate this phrase. (laughs) Can I, again, use fey glamour to change the words on the book? Ooh. You can try. Okay. What role would that be? That's going to be a... I would give that a... Isolation or hardship, your choice. Because are you trying to change the physical book or are you trying to change the knowledge contained? I'm trying to... Maybe I should do it on this person's eyes so it's like he can't read the words more so than like I'm trying to change what the words are. Yeah, because you're probably not that powerful. Uh, No, definitely not that powerful. But if I can like... I don't know, give him dyslexia or like blur the line so he can't read the book... My oh, one my problem with like this illusion. book is I have to flip back back and forth between the checks mm. <laughs> and the the uh, the, the perils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's the peril roll that maybe isolation. Your choice. Is, this is going to be isolation or danger. I'm going to choose danger because that is my better one. I do believe it's also your middle name. It is my middle name. <laughs> Kevin Danger O'Neill. Um, ooh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's like a logical way to pump portents into it. There isn't. However, no. when your changeling fetch chases you down, they're a bloodhound for your glamours. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'll. So I'll we actually, can narr- we can narratively write that in. Yeah, I'll actually put two into that one because I don't want to fuck this Ooh. up. So, rolling in d twelve plus three plus two. So the good news is you can't fail. The bad news for me is you might roll stupid. Nine. Nine. Nine plus six, nine plus five. So you rolled a fourteen, 14. on oh, a six wow. or over. Wow! <laughs> yes. Oh so man. So what does this look like? The chanting stops. Oh, kick! Okay, okay. Instead of chan- <laughs> instead of the chanting stops, can it be like how doth the little crocodile uh, release its shining scale, or some like very well known like? Lewis- it goes from. It goes from what, uh, from unintelligible syllables to the, to the words of the Jabberwock. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> two lines, he gets two lines in, stops, and all of the eyes shift from looking directly at Gabex. And they pivot ever so slightly to look through the wall. Which I can't see, so I'm just Yeah, like, we don't know that's happening. Like, but now it's watching like, you. Do you think it worked? I, I, hope, so. I don't know. <laughs> I hope it worked. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. All eyes on me. <laughs> One, two, three. Eyes on me. <laughs> okay. Who goes next? 
Um, oh, um. Ooh, it looks like Will's got an idea. Oh, yes. We'll Ooh. throw it yes. to I got a very, I got a very dumb idea. Yeah. A hey. very dumb idea. We love dumb ideas. <laughs> so, I would like to have taken that moment as soon as uh, the ineffable named uh, demon starts speaking the words of the Jabberwock. That feels like my opening. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. I am no man of flesh and blood. There is no soul uh, within me. I am drawn from the earth, and you have no power over me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a beat the beat the ever living you know <laughs> hellscape fallen angel nature out of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With you know with this with the with the flesh of the earth. Um, and, uh, so yeah, like I'm going to try and take that moment to kind of skirt my way around. And as soon as those eyes pivot to the wall, take that as my opportunity. Cause he's still in human form, right? There's a, there's a human holding the book. Right. Ah, I think the eyes are, the well, the eyes demon. are part of it. Yeah. The eyes are the it's thing. An ex- it's sort of well, like Gab was an extra dimensional being and it's clipping through the walls. Yep. The book and the eyes are the, the physical manifestation of this thing. Mm. The human is currently oh, okay. a controlled vessel that is trying to fully open the, the gateway, as right. it were. Right. Of okay, this well then I take that opportunity then to <laughs> bring my club down on the, the book and the hand to basically, you know, get the guy to, the, the vessel, the controlled human to drop the book. Um, cool. And it feels like trying to make a grab for the book and then throw myself out the window or something like that is a little bit too complicated for a single action, mm-hmm. but um, that's what I'm going to attempt. All righty. Is at least kind of get the bu- get the book loose. Sounds like a danger roll to me. Mm. Oh, we'll see how this goes. This is... I'm due for another bad roll, so we'll find out. <laughs> but I don't have portents I want to cash in, really, because it's getting dicey. So D10 plus two cudgel. It's five on die plus two is seven. You got it. Hey, by the the skin of your teeth. Not the double digits, but I'll take take it. You hear a crack as the wrist shatters underneath the cudgel. The book begins to fall, but before you can grab at it, the other hand comes out. Snatches it out, snatches it out of the air, holds it aloft in the same the same posture, hmm. and then begins Oof. chanting again. It's no longer the Jabberwock. Mm. Oh, son of a bitch! Oh, sure. The glamour was just on like the text of the book. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So your call. Does that mean the? Uh, does that your call? Will <laughs> is it the? Uh, is it the being's turn, or is it Rhett's turn? Rhett, you saw this play out probably with uh, your jaw wide open that this is really stupid, so I think it's only appropriate that uh, you get a chance to respond to it. Mm. Thinking. Man, I am really stumped. Can I pass it on to? Can I pass pass it on to the the uh, it goes to angel the, and then maybe it comes back to me? Can we swap the turn order in that way? 
Yeah. Okay. If you want the yeah, I want. I, I yeah, I want to pass it on because you're you're especially going to be reacting to the fact that you just experienced this weird glamour and then got your your vessel got attacked by a golem. So I think yep. I think you would go. I see you've learned not to work alone anymore, Gabex. Unfortunately, I've done the same. I need everybody within earshot to make an isolation uh, portent check. Ooh. Say an isolation. So this feels portent? Yep. I could probably ping off of my grateful getfulness, I think. Mm hmm. So I'll add a 1 to my d6 roll and keep my fingers crossed. So you roll your peril die plus the relevant targeted portent? Yep. So I haven't spent anything of my portent, so I'm rolling a d12 plus 0 and trying nice. to roll under 6. And you're rolling a guaranteed 12. I am rolling a guaranteed 12. So I roll a 12. <laughs> and your por- your portent is... Because you are weak to black pile? Uh, I am, yes. Your portent goes up by 2. All right. Wait. Also, Matt, I forgot to mention that I was strong against Black Bile when I made my uh, oh. my action. I will put that in for. Uh, it's a little stat. bit, little bit late for it. It's but just. Yeah. It was literally for the stat because I'm counting things down. I'm also weak against Black Bile, so my stat goes up to two. Did you fail the roll? Oh no, not yet. So you choose which you choose which portent is getting targeted. And then you add the current value of it to your die roll. You're trying to get a they're, six or under. They're both at two at the moment. I just don't know if this is... Would you say this would have... If I fail, does it have a higher possibility of like summoning my hunter or just negating my magic through iron poisoning? Are they both a uh, stat of They're four? both at two right now. Two of... Uh, two of four and two of six. I would put it under the magic because that's what's, okay. what's more likely to get affected here. Okay. Three, Three plus, plus two, two is under six, so you don't Ooh. you don't fail the roll. Nice. I have to step away for a second. Yep. I I snuck by by the prodigious hairs on my chinny chin chin because <laughs> I rolled a five on the oh. die and I have a one oh. in my port, so I hit the six. Oh wow. Whoa. All right, isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rolled a seven plus four. You add one to your portent. <laughs> Does that fill it up? Not yet. I got one left. Ooh. One left, baby. We're going to die. <laughs> I'm in danger. So, yeah, I mean, I think the fiction of this, right, is we're hearing this, like, Base boosted a, like, a single word was spoken. Angelic speech. And I think I like and just like tears and now I'm like shaking and yep. like rocking back and forth. So whose turn is it, as it were? It is currently Rhett's turn. Because Rhett is the yeah. only player who has not gone on this match. Wow. I'm I'm on the ropes, y'all. I uh I've watched Gab turn into something I can't even see Uh and hear and and beyond comprehension. I have no idea what's going on in there. (laughs) Um, 
your you've done some kind of fey glamour magic which seemed to work and then has immediately gone south mm-hmm. our golem friend elisha has run in and and done some action but you know i'm not, i'm not sure how that all happened and what all has gone wrong i'm basically alone i mean i think you're there but but functionally i'm kind of just alone i just heard this like massive bass boosted word that nearly scared me quite literally almost to death I have no weapons, I have no other special abilities, and I am one point away from just having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. I think... So if, you're, if your portent's tapped out, this might be a good time to use one of your packs. Yeah. If, do you only have niche ones, or do you have like a general purpose? I one? have one general one which was actually supposed to be the cemetery being free of spirits um with the any cemetery being free of spirits any cemetery would be free of spirits because they're not they're not going to hang around their own graves but i'm in the house there might even be a cemetery on this property but i'm not in this we did establish that the there aren't spirits that's true i think i would actually qualify that you can you could invoke that right here yeah this is this is what's real. This is what's being. This is what's happening. Yeah. It sucks and it's terrifying. But it's not but spirits. It's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and everyone can see it. This is not your family's gift. This mm-hmm. is not your curse causing the problem. Right. This is something else. Right. So what that does? Yeah. Yeah. So I think. That pact is tapped out for the rest of the scene. Yeah. So you can't use it again. Right. Um, but you're not sacrificing sacrificing it, so you're going to have it again, if I read the rules correctly on that one, Will. Um, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I would go ahead and put a little check mark beside it, saying that that's, that's been done there. Yep. Go ahead and reset your, uh, your portent back to zero. Whoa. Okay. All right. With that, everybody at the table has taken a turn, so you get to pick who goes next. Gab. Okay. Um, okay, so the... The book and the floating eyes is a fella demon. Mm-hmm. And there's also a human holding the book. Yep. The human holding the book for purposes of mechanics is part of the mega demon. Okay. Um, it's probably easiest for you, Tim, if you think about it as clocks. I have one clock for the demon. Yes, that is, that is helpful. Um, I'm just trying to think about how I can be the most helpful. Um, and, uh, I feel a little. I, I do this anytime I play a, a one tr- one trick character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my brain's mm-hmm. running through. How can I make everything be the relevant thing, but also how can I do things that aren't the relevant thing? Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how I can help using any peril that isn't isolation right now. <laughs> um, because right now, I my thoughts are okay. I could potentially fight this giant fellow demon. I think that's probably the good move. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably a danger roll of some kind. 
Mm. Like, oh, actually, here's an idea. I, mean, I think um, Gab is going to pull himself together. Um, he's no longer, he's going to kind of fold reality back in on itself to put him as just a regular tall human man. And albeit still a horrifying demon in his own way. Mm. Um, and he's going to, I have an idea. Well, I want to yeah. hear the rest of this idea yeah. first. And my thought was to tackle the dude with the book. <laughs> <laughs> my idea is. Because you're rolling max on isolation, right? I am, currently, I believe. And that's, like, that's gone about... The, the, the scene whole, is still scene. going on. Okay, yeah. That's, like, knowledge and yeah. esoteric knowledge and stuff. Could you use that to learn this demon's true name? Oh, no, that's just the thing. It's, oh, he, you know he it, though. It. Yeah, you I know. Said it. It. I've already and said it. it. Oh. And it came out staticky. Yeah, it's been, er- it's been erased, erased from existence. Could which you... is part... But we, we know that this demon is willing to converse with Gavax yes. mm-hmm. as his old ancient cousin, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I'm being metagamey-ish and trying to focus on the fact that you still have this obsession, your isolation is 12 all the time, like, could this be a bit of a uh, witty repartee, philosophical, oh, yeah. theological discussion to try and like get the demon to back off with whatever nefarious plans it's yeah, got. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the move. Um, or at least distract it long enough that we could just. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna him. I'm gonna tell him. Uh, you see, <laughs> your taste in books is trash. You should put that one down and pick up a better one. <laughs> <laughs> It. Insulted by a literature critic. <laughs> that is not an attack I ever thought I would see in an RPG. <laughs> yeah, so my, uh, I don't think this is my power. I'm not trying to speak truths at him, necessarily. I think I'm just uh, insulting him and keeping his attention. Just trying to, you know, do a a diss track at him just so that he can't actually maintain focus enough to uh, mm-hmm. let anyone bother let let any any of his focus fall on anyone but me that's the goal does that work yeah yeah it's yeah. that's another tick on the clock for you tim it's <laughs> <laughs> who goes next um keep in mind you can't choose the bad guys uh I, I, as much as I like that as a, as a game mechanic, as a player, to be like, oh, I'm going to choose the bad guys. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, I think it's it, it's either um, uh, Kevin or Elisha. Which one of you wants to uh, to go next? I think one of y'all is the best option here. I I think I've got an idea, Kevin, if Kevin doesn't have one. Maybe. No, go for it. Uh, okay. So, witty repartee about literature choices. Uh, ancient, I don't even know if, if definitions-wise, the book would count as an occult tomb or a theology tomb, really, when you think about it. But this big black bile tome of, of bad news. Mm. Trying to separate the uh, vessel of the human from the book didn't have quite the effect uh, I hoped it mm. would. So... This is a bit of a Hail Mary. 
um, I'm going to use my my break off parts of my clay body ability uh, to basically jam up the book and try to muscle in because it's just one hand on the book. The other hand is, is physically broken. The wrist is broken. Um, and, you know, rip off my own hand, jam it in the book, try and get the book squished shut so that uh, the uh, properties of the clay just gum it up and, and keep it shut. Cool. Sick. That's cool. I like this. Again, I think it's going to be a hardship roll so. from you. Oh, man. Mm. I was hoping that'd be danger. <laughs> okay, well, I um, since I'm ripping off uh, a piece of me to do this in the chaos, Matt, you tell me what you think thematically fits better, because uh, they're both one out of four right now, either returning to the inert form or the grateful forgetfulness. Great forgetfulness. I kind of think the physicality means returning to inert form because I'm tearing pieces of myself off. But I think tearing pieces of yourself off means you're you are literally risking tearing up tearing away some memory. Mm. Um, okay. The inert form. So is, I will put one point. Yeah. Okay, I'll put one point into great forgetfulness because my memories are tied to my corporeal corporeal being. So that's now two. So I'm rolling plus three. So I got 50% odds here. We'll see how it goes. Oh, what the? This is weird. Uh, so I rolled another five and plus three is eight. Nice. nice. It's like three fives in a row. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I'm strong against Black Bile. Yep. So the book... You watch as the eyes are now sort of dancing around, figuring out who to watch for, what's happening, what is what is being affected. Where there once was a human in the form in front of you, there's nothing there. They're just single-minded. They're currently... They have no consciousness left. They are here to read the book, to bring this particular reality to a change. Mm. They're reaching up and with their broke with their perf incredibly limp other hand, because you broke the wrist, you snapped everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to pry the book back open to the page it was on. They're not succeeding right now. Mm. But you have successfully welded the book shut for at least a little while. And in that moment I feel just like uh, the haziness of memories. Um, like even for a flash of a moment, uh, just I, I lose my sentient self in the action of just trying to keep that book closed uh, until I kind of snap back and realize that you know I have a name, I am a true man, I exist, <laughs> uh, and and I am here, you know, helping friends and colleagues um, prevent this great evil. Mm. So, in your call, who goes next? I have a thing, potentially. All right. Yeah, I, I'll choose Kevin. Awesome. Then. Can I sacrifice a pact after doing the action, or do I need to do the action and then sacrifice the pact? Oh, or to I, trigger a passion? Yeah. Uh, you can sacrifice sacrifice the pact, and 
trigger the end, go forward and do an action, I would say. Okay. So what I would like to do is... I want to take the key to Darla's um, and put it in one of the many doors leading from the um, dining hall. And then I think... Um, uh, I w- so I'll, I'll take it and open it so that the door is open to Darla's. And then do the fury because what I would like to do is take the book and essentially just chuck it into Darla's, which is neutral territory. Hmm. Oh. Wow. oh. Shit. And then like slam the door and like break the key off so like <laughs> they couldn't get back in if Wow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out Gosh. how to narratively say yes. Done. You but did it. not yet, because you, that, that's a cheat code to end a boss fight. Well, I mean, it, it can be if I, so like, I sacrifice the key, break it off in the lock so that the door is open, and then my action can be like getting the book and then like running to the door or running back to the door. I also think there are a lot of ways to, this is sort of outside of, you know, GM Clippy, I guess. Like, there are a lot of ways to win a fight, mm-hmm. and it's not always going to be combat. Yeah. Like, an inventive lateral idea is... Yeah, it's up to you. It's really fun, but with the way the stats panned out, there are four hits left to take out on this uh, on this particular, particular ritual. Mm. Um... Hmm. Could 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 this be like preemptively the last one? It could be. I if could, you have something you wanted to try in the meantime. What well, what I was going to say is like this could be my big move since I'm like sacrificing a pact um, yep. and everything. So like it could this could be it for me for the fight. Like I just have to, and maybe it's me like dodging the imps and stuff to get to the book and then get back to the doorway. Hmm. I do have an. Since you asked, I do also have an idea. If you have an idea first, then I think this but, could be that could be a good haymaker to end the fight. Okay, my idea, and I don't know necessarily mechanically how we make this work, but here's what I was thinking: sacrifice a pact, which would my only remaining pact would be my relationship with my spirit ancestor, my aunt Hazel. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Narratively, I'm not sure exactly how I would do that. Or, since I reset my portents, dump a all of my portents into <laughs> a roll. <laughs> and what I would want to do is basically open my... And maybe combine those ideas. Like, open myself up to the spirit world. Like, no longer trying to like prevent that from happening or blocking myself off from it. And, like, mm-hmm. hurling my, like, spiritual energy at this thing. Oh, I like that. Knowing I'm... that it would probably kill me. Ooh, I really like that, actually. You're, you're strong against Black I am. Ooh. Yeah. And you... I have no other weapons of any kind. I have no <laughs> objects. I have no other abilities. So, like, this yep. is it. <laughs> if, you, if you pull this off, 
I like the idea of it. Okay. Um, okay. How about, how about I would say narratively, I think I would say something like you, it, where this turns into narratively with the two of you tag teaming this. Yeah. Um, cause we're putting this in major air quotes. Yeah. The way this pans out, you look inward, begin to begin to exhale the cold. You turn around, grab the nearest door, jam the key in, turn it, and it snaps. Mm. This is not an intentional thing. It just snaps in your hand. You yank the door open, and it's to Darla's. You have your ideas. You're moving for this. And we're getting simultaneous action in different color palettes yeah. to show different <laughs> levels of reality. Right? Yeah. You're used to seeing the spirit the spirit realm. You're used to seeing it as as an overlay, muted mm. colors, grays, light blues. This is a deep purple roiling void mm. that's in front of you. Mm. Knowing that this might be the last thing you ever do, you throw your conscience consciousness. My own spirit. Yeah. We watch oh. as your body Oh, your wow. body collapses. Yeah. And your ast- your astral self, as it were, flies forward, shining with light. I think my body dies. And my <gasps> spirit just... <clears throat> uh, in the moment, yes. Yeah, in, in that moment, yeah. All of the eyes in the cloud look up and physically move to wow. cause a shield in the direction from where, where you were coming. Whoa. Leaving the opening where Kevin comes flying around, ah. <laughs> grabs the book, and just discus throws it. <laughs> Darla, take care of it. The um, the door make the book makes it through the doorway. The door slams shut with with an, with an impact that echoes. Mm. In the moment before your consciousness would have collided with this force. Mm. And the next thing you know, you're gasping for breath and sitting up. Which body's he in, though? The eyes all <laughs> fall to the ground. With a wet plop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Whoa. That was a That's, hell of a thing. Yeah. Did we. You're in your own body. On. And Did we do it? Oh, man. Oh, well, that was a hell of a thing. We are still surrounded by a ton of vampire children. Maybe we should uh, talk to Mr. S and get the, get the heck out of here. Uh, uh, the, the wheel of or, eyes and wings collapses back into a uh, like six foot four exhausted looking man. He says, that sounds like a great idea. Breath's heaving, much diminished, knowing at the very least that the problem has been solved for now. This is where we leave things off. Mm. The camera, the camera cuts away. The cam, the credits are rolling over a montage of the team getting into the, into the car with with Spielhofer, getting delivered back to their individual homes as they lick their wounds. The post credit scene is the next morning. Mr. Spielhofer drives you up to the 
to the address for Darla's. You get out of the car, close the door, turn around, and you realize the door's not there. In fact, the building that Darla's used to inhabit is also gone. And that's where we fade to black. Hmm. Wow. I suck Darla into hell. No. Hey folks, uh, editor Tim here. This is the cut down version of this review. We went really deep on this one. If you want to hear the full length version, I'll post it over on our discord. Join us on there and you can give it a listen. All right, everybody. It's review. It's review time. And for everybody listening, I want you to keep very much in mind that we are reviewed. We are reviewing a beta playtest version of this specifically version 0.25. And if we got the timing, right, the current version that will be available is 0.26 because Will has a new version that's coming out very shortly here. Yeah, Playtest 3 should be dropping in December as everybody gets to enjoy the the podcast going out. Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, awesome. Way cool. All right. So uh, as per usual, we always start off going around the table with likes and dislikes. And uh, I think I'm going to start with that if everyone's okay. Right. Go for it. Um, first off, I love the fact that this reads and plays as a fiction first and rules light Chronicles of Darkness setting. <laughs> this is wonderfully done. It fits that very, very well. Honestly, the only serious dislike I have about this is the fact that the game is not finished and I can't go purchase a hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite literally it. This is this has been fantastic. <laughs> you can call it a cop out. I loved I loved reading through it. I loved the fiction as it was presented. Um, I would say, if this was closer to being finished, um, the dislike would be that there's not enough world building already present in the book. Um, but it's a beta playtest version. Um, something I like to see in a lot of games is when there's, when they have a world already built, they already have scenarios set up for the players to go through. Like, Hey, here's the initial adventure that you can just run straight out of the player's handbook. Um, something like that tends to be really helpful for larger games like this. Um, I think adding something like that would probably change it from a zine to a full book, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. about it. Manny? Yeah, I liked the sort of like hit point system, uh, even mm-hmm. though there aren't like hit points in terms of like health points, but like where the scenes or this was this is kind of a like and a dislike because matt and i were talking about this about like running into like what is successes but like the idea of the the clock and having so many like points on the clock that you have to hit i really like that so like you're not counting your own hit points and once you hit zero you're dead or passed out or whatever i like that you could like take a lot of hits and keep going and still keep affecting the thing um so I liked that. 
a lot. I really like the Kaimoi system. Um, and I have... I almost want more of that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I like the being strong versus weak against. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, I'm my own Pokemon, sort of, uh, <laughs> type of thing. For um, sure. And I really like that system. And I, I, I don't know, maybe want more of that or maybe more of, like, Kaimoi being more integral to, like, the world of the game than just, like, things that affect things or... You know, yeah, um, for sure. When I realized that I was strong to the vampires, I was like, oh, this is my whole thing now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, so I like that. Um, this may have been me, but I was a little kind of confused as to like which peril dice I was rolling when. And like it was hard for me to figure out which portent was being affected when I had to do portent rolls because like... I think I may have, like, picked bad ones. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that's a fault of the game or a fault of the player. Or not even a fault of the game, but you know what I mean. Because um, when the, like, the, the big bad was, like, fighting me, I was like, well, is it... It's not fighting me with iron. How's it affecting my iron portent? Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I was just a little confused on perils versus portents and how, when I was rolling and what I was rolling against. Um, Max. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, for being a beta playtest phase, I think it's incredibly far along. Mm-hmm. I think we have all seen completed, published games out there for money that are less well done (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, for sure no doubt um things that i I really liked um a a lot i I could go on um i really enjoyed the character creation uh as a whole i love the idea of starting with the concept um moving you know privileging the role play forward aspect of that is really cool to me i love the implications around perils I also love the alliteration of perils, powers, mm-hmm. portents, um, packs. You know, I, I think that's really cool. Um, and combined, I mean, once once you kind of had that down, you've got kind of a lot to work with um, as a as a character um, that can work in a variety of situations. Something I there's a lot of other things I like, and I, I won't make a whole list, but um, something that I I didn't like as much that comes to mind is I actually share your thought, Manny, around being a little bit confused about the portents and how they applied. Um, I think for role play forward purposes, I think we all aired on stuff that was kind of specific to our characters and our situations. But if that doesn't really come up in the narrative to make sense, then you've, but you have to roll a portent because it's going to be coming up when you're in a position of stress. Like, how does that all fit in? I I don't even know that that's so much a fault of anything so much as it is like maybe needing a little more guidance in the text on like how portents are going to be used and like picking something that is maybe general enough that it'll, it'll be easy to, to, to stitch together or have have more extensive conversation with your GM about like what the setting is going to be and work with that. I'm not really sure what the fix there would be, but I was also a little confused. Um, and I would say that same thing a little bit with perils too. perils and importance, like which ones am I using? 
of these and when does it make the most sense? And if it doesn't really fit into the situation that's happening, what do I do about that? Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I will mention is I, uh, sort of disagree about the Kimoy. I felt like oh, yeah. that was a little extra on a system that already had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would feel different if it were more baked in, like mm-hmm. you're saying. Weirdly, I also, normally I don't, but I, I actually do disagree with you, Matt, a little bit on wanting more world building. I actually liked that it didn't. I, I really, really like the idea that as long as you're you're willing to go along with like the genre influence, you can set that in whatever you want. And in fact, I think I would like it less if it was keyed to a specific world. It's kind of part of the struggle that I have with Blades in the Dark, which mm-hmm. I also love. Uh-huh. But the fact that Blades is so baked into this city and the way that that all works is something that pulls me out of it. Because mm-hmm. if I don't want it to be set in that city, it's harder to connect. So, yeah. Yeah. Should we keep going around the horn? I mean, I think we, I think we <laughs> ask Will what the like, what the likes and dislikes. Like. Yeah. As a player. And maybe could you share a little context? Will? have you, have you played this as a player before? No, actually, this is the thing I was super pumped about was that this was the first opportunity I had to sit and hang out as a player and get to play my own game. Um, so congrats. Thank you all for being willing to go on this journey with me today. This has been such it, it, a delight. <laughs> it hits different, right? <laughs> it does. It definitely does, right? Yeah. And it's it's definitely a lot of like sitting on my hands and keeping my mouth shut uh in getting the value out of watching Matt GM the rules and, and interpret what I read was a real value add, right? Because let's be honest, one of the biggest uh downsides of this system is that the designer is not very smart. And so it's helpful to get uh other people reading this to kind of help validate some of the design decisions and just my generally opaque and overly wrought writing style so this has been great some of the feedback i've i've got are just little little tidbits the world building piece i think was very deliberately uh done choice to keep it as setting and rules or not rules but setting and world building agnostic as i could in the rules themselves beyond the implications of the the chimoy system Hmm. the plan once the rules themselves get fully baked and vetted is to then start to release setting and adventure zines. So, nice. Uh, yeah, we're going to start with this whole like 1920s, 1930s setting that uh, is very similar to the city that we just spent time in today. And from there, you know, kind of there's a, a lot of different ways that this could manifest because I think you could definitely put this in a Deadlands setting. Like I think a mm. a taking Deadlands as a campaign setting and running a hexing type game in it would work really well. Uh, I think you could even do kind of future facing, gritty sci-fi sort of stuff if you were focused on on weird aliens or mutants or psychics in a world of you know more hard sci-fi kind of settings. I think that could work. Mm-hmm. Where I'm oh, not yeah, you sure. Could do like a- Warhammer 40k style like hive city full of mutants and such. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it would work there. Where I'm not sure it would work quite as well is traditional kind of current 5e style power fantasy high fantasy, right? If everybody is super magical and powerful, uh, then there's not a lot of space for the weird and the odd and the monstrous uh, in that, right? But I think you could totally do it, though. Classic, like, um, 
Crawford and the Grey Mouser, Conan, sword and sorcery style of a bunch of weird, super powerful, and strange people, whether they're monsters or just outsiders coming into a city setting. And I think you could frame a sword and sorcery adventure that way with Hexing Tide, but it might not be how I go about it. So that being said, uh, there will be some setting supplements built into this uh, as kind of add-on pieces. Can I tell you what the what the next setting would be? I have no idea, and ideally I'd like to connect <laughs> with other creators and writers to kind of flesh that out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I think I'm the last one left to go here. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I have likes and dislikes. I've got many likes, um, and I kind of, I kind of struggle with the dislike. The, uh, the initiative of all things struck me Mm. asking a player, okay, who do you want to go next? Including the monster. Oh, I loved that. Was caught me so off guard. And I was like, there's no way that's in the rules. And I flipped over and found it. And it was, I was like, Oh, so that, (laughs) that was definitely like, um, the yeah so so one big like was initially was very cool my other really big like was um i love games that let you sacrifice parts of your character yes. so being able to sacrifice a pack when i realized i could do that i was like that's the cool shit i'm into that um the biggest dislike not counting mystery detective games is that that's always the thing i don't particularly like as a as a player it's like anytime i don't know anything what's happening i'm just like well i don't know where we're gonna go now i guess i stare at this lock until something happens but that's just me as a player not even remotely related to the game um my one dislike of the game is i think uh i think manny you said the uh the perils are a little kind of hard to get my head around i look at the word danger and i'm not certain what that means i look at the word hardship i'm not certain what that means to my character and um it might be me but for me when i was like isolation 12 that sounds good that ended up being really handy I mm-hmm. rolled nothing but isolation all game, except for my last roll was hardship. So uh, I think, yeah, I think the perils are my biggest complaint. I think maybe if the character sheet that we're using, which I don't think, which we got, I think if the character sheet had the description of them above or below or nearby the word danger, I might have a better idea of what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my like and dislike. All right. Okay, so that moves it into question time. And first one, which I think is very interesting here, is what was this game trying to do? And honestly, I... Unless anyone wants to go ahead of me on this one. Go for it. This game was looking to be a rules a rules light monster system. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it matches perfectly. Um, it's a question that I wish I could answer a little bit better. But seeing as we're playing a singular one-shot and it's much bigger than the typical micro that we work with, there's a lot of world-building and expansion that goes into these games session by session by session mm-hmm. um, that we're just not getting today. So I, can't, I wish I could give more about what, the, what kind of themes the game is trying to evoke. But at the same time, when you have those longer sessions, that's also table by table that's different. Right. Yeah, I think that the um, the sort of monstrous struggle with uh, your uh, humanity, as it were, um, I, I know that's like a common theme of like the the penitent vampire and stuff like that. This game definitely hits that in its own way, where it gives you way more options to play 
um, characters struggling with that kind of. Um, sorry, it's kind of hard to think when I'm worried about small fright bumping my stuff. Um, I have a cat on my lap. Listeners at home, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, the, I think the, the 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 kind of vampire struggling with humanity sort of gameplay comes out here for sure. Like the sort of monstrous uh-huh. like struggle is definitely there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think it is. Um... It is a rules light role play forward monster creation game, which I like, and I think that both of you are correct in what you said. Um, and I really like the idea of what you said, Tim, of like that struggle between what is human and what is monster, and mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily our attributes that make us monsters but our choices and i think yes. choice mm-hmm. is a big deal in this game of like what part of my humanity am i choosing to sacrifice and does that make me more or less a monster i think that theme is definitely there and can be highlighted further in one of the other questions that i assume we'll get to and i'll talk about later mm-hmm. yeah just to kind of bounce off of this like um you know if if what's on the tin is minimalist monstrous role-playing like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. That's exactly what it is. Um uh you know, there's this very lightweight rules light system and heavy on the monsters and role playing forward. I mean, that's that's what it is. I think I kind if I have some tension about does it do what it's trying to do? I think it absolutely does and better than some. But if I have some tension there, I think it's that it's a game where essentially you are playing monsters, but the text doesn't have a whole lot to say about some of the tensions that might come from that. Mm-hmm. There's a little of that, like when you're sketching out your perils and your portents and stuff like that. But like I'm thinking about as a point of comparison, like say Monster Hearts, which has a whole like lengthy several chapters practically on like what it would look like to be a monster and dealing with like the messy bloody emotional tough parts of that Mm -hmm. um could there be more of that guidance in your rp in this game i think maybe but where i have some tension is i the other part of that phrasing is minimalist Mm -hmm. and i certainly wouldn't want to add any text like i think it's as long as it can be (laughs) i definitely (laughs) would not want to add more um i half wonder um you know not necessarily to add to your roadmap too much here will but you know, I wonder about adding alongside of their world building settings, adding other types of character creation depth. Like if you wanted to do a high school game or you wanted mm-hmm. to do a, a darker, you know, like death forward game or something like that. Like there's a lot of different ways that you could add more like RP character creation questions that would be interesting. So I don't know. I'm, it's kind of both. Like, I think it simultaneously does exactly what it says on the tin. And there are some interesting ways to augment certain parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is, this is an interesting bit. Considering we're aiming for what's on the tin as this is what the game was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Will, this is the first time we've ever been able to ask this question. How close to the mark are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty close, Matt. Like, that was very encouraging. Uh, there were a couple of uh, choices that you made in, in interpreting what I had written, which were 100% valid, 
because I didn't do a good enough writing words on, well, not on paper, but in Microsoft Word to make mm. this be more clear. Uh, yeah, the, the only other stuff that really significantly deviated from how I've run this in the past versus the game we had today is that I often uh, am, am pretty generous in giving standalone scene-based packs portents and powers for players to be mm. able to tap into yeah um, and so i think that's yes. that's that, something that, that i was going to get into before we hit the uh what would you change portion oh um, like yeah. blade style where like you're rolling up and like you're in the action you know yep do the scene and then cut and you're back out of it yeah yeah oh it's, shit there's a, there's a lot in here that qualifies much more for a bigger game and um, the that long-running setup yeah. um there's a there's a couple of pages near the back um pages 26 and 27 in the, in the version we're going on currently the scenes themselves have stats and the scenes have portents and pacts and powers that you can utilize as a character um mm. that on top of the montages and flashbacks um <laughs> there's a there's a uh the montages and flashbacks idea is something good. Um, mm-hmm. Making a power check with a target number based on the desired result that was confusing to me enough to the fact to the point where I was like, okay, we can. Tr- I'm going to try and touch on this bit um, where let's make that a temporary power roll. But I, I didn't have a way to really bring that forward. Like, which kind of power ro- power check are you doing? Uh, so that was there was a little. A little confusion on my end that a little more explanation could help. Um, uh, and, and in honesty, I think that montage, temporary power, like I've renamed it in the Playtest 3 doc to temporary effects. Like I just, I'm wildly mm. dissatisfied with that specific system right now. And <laughs> even the existence of target numbers is an artifact that I failed to, to fix when I sent 2.5 out. Mm. Uh, you know, there aren't target numbers anymore. Everything is, you know, roll six, six or either higher or six or below. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that definitely needs and we'll be getting some changes to make it a little bit more straightforward when, you know, when the next one goes out for mm-hmm. certain. Yep. Um. Um, the next thing on my, what would you change? Um, that actually comes back into the combat again. Uh, the enemies and dangers. There's a really... As somebody who generally likes statting stuff out, it was very... It's very clear, very concise on what you do, here's how you build it. Um, the part I had an issue with was the vulnerability section. Dangers may be attacked or challenged via one or two specific avenues. These vulnerabilities generally key back to the three perils, but players should be given some latitude in their approach. So where that comes across in the examples that are given, um, it's actually, the examples give that off perfectly as to what what that's supposed to mean. Like, Boggart, the red-capped malevolent sprite, has a vulnerability to physical attacks, which would be out of a danger or a hardship roll. Um... Or he's got a vulnerability to blinding bright light. Any. So any kind of role that could cause that would give him a vulnerability. Sure. Um, 
I was losing track of what was going on, what I was trying to keep going. And this, this is on me, not on the game, but as a, as running this game for the first time and trying to keep it all together, having overprepared story-wise and underprepared stat-wise as mm. I sat down today, I was trying to stat things out and keep going, and I lost track of what had which stats um, until I finally settled on having three specific things that I had to finish statting mid-fight. Mm. <laughs> um, so I actually completely dropped that vulnerability section uh, just because that made it easier for me. Sure. Um, the threats were a little bit, uh, were also a little bit different. Um, phrasing in the book, even abstract dangers don't stay static, though their specific impact depends on the portent being checked. So the threats that I'm asking you guys to roll for, that was another thing where I was like, okay, how do we do this? And this is where I think we need to bring up the biggest part of what would we change? And that is the portents. Hmm. Um, I love the portents the way they are. Mechanically, they work out great. Um, it's not necessarily... I'm I'm in a pretty hard disagreement with you guys. I think you guys picked great ones, like fantastic portents for your characters. They worked out... They would have worked out amazingly for what the re result would have been. Where the disconnect is, I think, on these is the fact that... Uh, Does it ask the GM to keep track of all the players' portents? No. Okay. It doesn't ask the GM to keep track of the portents. What it's, uh, it does say to treat circumstantial weaknesses such as silver or garlic as narrative triggers that key into the specific portents, mm. but not necessarily the portent themselves. Mm. So it's not so much, oh, this is a thing, so now I touch this, I now have a weakness, my portent goes up. Um, where the issue is, is you need to as both the player and a GM, when you fail the portent, which is effectively your defense roll or your saving throw for D for D and D fans, mm -hmm. um, that's when your portent goes up in a bad way. You need to find a way to, you need to find a way to narratively draw whatever the current conflict is into your portent. How does that affect it? Yeah. Yours was really easy to do that with because your character was just naturally very nervous. Right. Um, but whereas the uh, we had two moments where the iron weakness and the gar the the fetch mm -hmm. both made a lot of sense to use those as the portents. Like this is the this is the end result. But when you were fighting the nameless at the very end, mm -hmm. there wasn't a little weird. It yeah, felt, it that's felt what a little I'm, bit weird. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like the the structure of them makes sense, and we picked interesting mm -hmm. and compelling ones. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the moment. If, it, if the narrative has now gone a different way for whatever reason, it might be harder to reconnect it. Yeah, it's that's where the difficulty is, and I don't necessarily... Yeah. yeah. I think I think unless anybody else has anything pressing, I think we get to the question of the day. Yeah. All right, the let's, finale. Let's do it. Table it or shelve it. I'm going to go first on this one. This is a hardcore table it for me. I cannot wait for this game to be finished. I can't wait for the next play test. I'm, I'm going to be following this until it's ready. Great. My answer has a caveat. As a micro RPG, I would shelve it. As any other game, definite table. 
I just don't, I, I think there's too much and there's too much I want to do to do it in a micro RPG, like one sitting setting. I want to play a much longer campaign of Hexing Tide. Mind if I slip in before you? That's exactly what I was going to say. As a, as, as a one, I would never one shot this game again. Nope. <laughs> um, I would definitely table it as a potential longer game. Maybe like a, I, I love arcs. Like the, the, this could be like a four or five arc game for me. Exactly. I think that would be perfect. And I think that's like right where the sweet spot is for this game. What about you, Max? I was going to say table it, but I think I'm with you guys. I think I would. I think I would put it back on the shelf as a micro, mm-hmm. but I would definitely table it as a not micro. Yeah, I would one shot it maybe, mm-hmm. but like I wouldn't approach it as being analogous to a micro RPG. Yeah. Because we usually think of like, I do. I also think it's not fair to table it or shelve it as a micro because yeah. we, we that, came yeah, into this. We knew on it wasn't going to be. Knowing it's yeah, not yeah. a micro. Okay, set, send that out of the room. Okay, send that out of the room. Table it or shelve it. In that one thing in, at a time. in that case, we're just like doing table it. Like, you know, yeah. unanimous table it. Yeah. Table it. <laughs> yeah, this is it. And we'll table it is good. That means that we will put it back <laughs> on the table to play it again soon. Yeah. Hey, hey, Will, what's your opinion? Are you going to table or shelve it? <laughs> I think this is a hot dumpster fire, and I'm just going like, to oh, no. use my hard drive with it. Yeah. No. no I mean, it's, it's all super fair points, right? And if, um, if you were incredibly bored and dug back into my blog posting about this stupid thing, like, it started out as a 12-page, you know, uh, zine with some of these puzzle pieces not really being in play with it, right? And right. It just kind of has has grown, and the challenge right now from a 40,000 foot view is how do I keep this minimalist while still keeping it mechanically engaging to play in a, you know, to your point, Tim, like a, a several session, couple of month game, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's even some of the stuff that the third playtest is going to introduce in the world's most minimal fashion ever is how to continue to give uh, longer-term players a feeling of progress, right? Like, uh-huh. it's clearly not not motivated around hardcore, like, D&D, D20 style, like, I got to get to my next level, and all these, you know, stats go up, and I get feats, and I get all this stuff. It's not that sort of game, and not the stories, or mechanical kind of gameplay experience. But it does work a little bit if you give it some legs, versus it's got just enough complexity to be a fair bit to ask people to kind of start to grok in a single evening session, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that's all super duper fair standpoints. Yeah. But yeah. I loved it. Uh, so let's do our wrap-up stuff. We're going to do uh, plugs. Um, and, and Will, just for reference, this, same, this one plug reel is going to get tacked at the end of each episode that we do. They're, they're just going to split this up into so let's go ahead and start start with you. Um, why don't you uh, plug plug this game, plug your socials? Where can we find it? Um, where can we find you? Hey everybody, it's your friend Will Phillips. You can find me very creatively named on Twitter, and depending on the date you are listening to this podcast, possibly over on cohost.org. Also, as Will Phillips, super hard to remember. You can also find. <laughs> Everything you need for Hexing Tide, my TTRPG of minimalist, monstrous role-playing, on HexingTide.com. That'll take you to my game blog, which has links 
to free pay-what-you-want downloads on itch.io, the players group on Facebook, and, if I do say so myself, a very lovely curated Pinterest mood board. <laughs> and any questions, any interests, would love to hear from you. Amazing. Love it. Everybody, go to hexandhead.com. Go to itch.io. Buy the game with real money. Support <laughs> the artist. All right. Uh, thank you very much for that, Will. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, let's do, let's finish out our other plugs. Uh, what do we all want? We all plug. I will plug the. Uh, I'm going to plug the table at Discord as usual. Come right. join the Discord. Interact with us. It's about the only place I'm any kind of social on the internet. <laughs> I have two plugs this week. One is if you like my sultry voice uh, in your podcast receptacle holes <laughs> otherwise called your ears <laughs> I, I appreciate you defining that maybe yeah, yeah. Confused. we're gonna earn that explicit tag um, <laughs> I have another podcast where uh, I G- GM uh, an evil D&D campaign set in a world where the Dark Lord won and all of the main characters are l- entry-level employees of an evil corporation. It is called Lesser Evil, and it should be on your podcatcher of choice, hopefully, if not by the time this drops, then shortly thereafter. So stay tuned. We're less, we're evil underscore pod on all the socials. The second thing, um, I'm, a, I'm a DM for hire now, y'all. Yay! I like get paid to DM and stuff. Uh, I If you would like me to run um, a adventure for you um check us out at uh, bad wolf studios bad wolf adventure studios in twin cities area and you can engage my services that's awesome all right you got any plugs no all right well thank you for listening to table you can find us at micro underscore rpgs on twitter or email us at micro rpgs at gmail.com uh, our theme this episode is Chill Vibra Jazz by Danny Dory, and we'll see you all for the next episode. Yay! Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Dickersons? Bye. I don't even know her sons. <laughs> <laughs>